Welcome to the Commercial Kitchen Chronicles, the podcast dedicated to commercial food equipment repairs. My name is Pat Finley. I'm a lead master certified technician at General Parts Group and a certified special trainer. My goal is to shine a light on what I believe to be one of the most interesting and rewarding industries a field service technician can work in. I love the work I do, and I'm glad you're here listening to this podcast. Today's episode, I talk with Rich Ortega from Wayland's. What's going on, everybody? Today, I've got a very special guest. I've never met him in person. I can't wait till the day I actually do, though. His name is Rich Ortega. Rich is a technician for Whaley. Is that correct? Yes, sir. So, Rich, uh, I followed him on LinkedIn. I see him posting, and I always love seeing you know fellow kitchen guys, so I started following him, and it didn't take me very long to realize this guy is pretty much like my long-lost brother. <laughs> um, he's all about taking care of his customers and doing what's right i mean if you're gonna do that you're gonna go a long way so thanks for coming for on sure. Rich. for sure thanks for having me dude yeah i like a lot of your stuff too uh, almost everything and i felt the same way i think i messaged you too and was like yeah bro somehow somewhere we're definitely related so <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's just cool. crazy it's just, um i mean in our industry it's it's easy for guys to take the easy way out um you know they may get lucky and throw a part at something not troubleshoot it you know and and Hey, it came on and skate, but that's not, you know, that's not how we really need to do. That's not how we know. That's not what we want to do for our industry. So, I mean, you always right. take time, try to make sure you find the root cause and make sure your customer's taken care of. And I mean, that's my philosophy. So. Oh, hundred percent. A hundred percent. It's like, um, you know, when I, when I interviewed at Whaley, cause I only been at Whaley a little bit over a year uh, oh, really? to, to the Greenville, South Carolina area. Now I've been doing this for 15, 16, 17 years, somewhere around there. Uh, but one of the things I told my boss in the interview was, you know, Whaley for me, and I love the company, don't get me wrong, because um, this could be misinterpreted, but Whaley is just a name on a, on a van mm-hmm. when I show up to a service call. Rich is my name, my face, my hands on the machine. You know, mm-hmm. for the most part, if they're not happy with the service, they're not going to say Whaley sucks. They're going to say Whaley sent some idiot out here who didn't know what he was doing. And I'm not going to be that idiot that didn't know what he was doing. So I'm always going to do my best, you know, um, not to just change the part. Because, yeah, you know, a lot of these repairs are just changing a part. But mm-hmm. always look to see if there's a root cause, especially when you've got, you know, multiple failures, uh, multiple of the, of the same failure, you know. Um, and without trying to hijack stuff too early on, it's like just came to mind a, a call that I went to. We had a high school. They had like six brand new convection oven it was i think it was three double stacks or four double stacks so six or eight ovens and they started having a long uh they had a history of um electrical failures all kind of different electrical components are, are being changed out so they send me out to go look at it and i'm like there's way too many switches and fuses and all this stuff to you know for there to not be a root cause uh so i'm working on these ovens and i got these ovens tore all apart to the to the point that the guy that runs the kitchen is like dude, you're like really getting in there. Mm -hmm. So I got it torn apart. Um, I'm going through the whole thing. Finally come out and find out the wrong voltage was put to the units at uh, installation. When the contractor installed them, um, they only had half the voltage running to it. And then I'm like, please tell me, there's no way, no how. I said, let me check every other oven we got here, even though I'm only on the call for this one oven. Every single oven there, same issue. But, you know, that was just because I'm like, there's no way in the world 
we can have this many defective switches, this many mm-hmm. defective fuses, timers, everything else we were changing. There's no way the oven and uh, this manufacturer are just sending out this many defective parts. But it's, yes, that's just me. I, I got to find out why is it doing this, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I fully understand. That's the way we need to be as an industry. I mean, you're not doing your customer any justice to run in there, change the part, and leave. And then three months later, you come back, change the same part again because you didn't find or bother to fix the root cause. I mean, it's all going to come back to you in the long run. So that's an oh, yeah. excellent point to make. I mean, and a lot of these manufacturers, you know, they used to do paid startups or paid performance, you know, checks. And it, it, they went away from it. And unfortunately, you run in situations like you had there. Um, you know, the kitchen companies installing it don't check. They just throw them in, turn them on, and they come on, see you later. They don't come right. on, call a service company. You know, they don't do voltage checks. They don't do gas pressure checks, you know. And it's, yeah. it's amazing how many times you go out and you'll find something that's propane and it's installed natural gas or vice versa. And you're like, all the time. Like, how'd you, why'd you get these ovens? I'm like, and they're like, oh, the salesman says what we needed. I'm like, did, Salesman checked the voltage. Well, no, he said it worked. I'm like, you know, you don't have enough gas volume for, you know, to add these two ovens in here. You don't have enough gas uh, volume that's going to handle this stuff. Or my favorite on, on those lines is, you know, the stove's a piece of junk, this, that, the other. You get there and uh, they never opened up the pilots, whoever installed the thing. And I'm like, like, dude, who did your install, bro? Like, because if I do an install, I'm doing a complete startup. Mm-hmm. I'm checking, obviously, you know, the pressure, adjusting the pilots, adjusting, you know, if it's a gas range, the airflow. All that good stuff. I'm gonna turn on my ovens. I'm gonna let them cycle three, four times and make sure the thermostats, you know, are are operating properly. And by the time I'm done with that startup, either that thing's running perfect, or it's like, hey, guess what? This part actually, you know, arrived bad. Let me order you a new one. I'll be back in a few days, whatever it is, get you up and running. Versus, you know, plug it up, go, and then they got their grand opening and they can't cook anything. Yeah, there's nothing worse than that. We get the calls all the time, you know. We don't, I mean, if we, especially if we don't install it, you know, customer, oh, we're open up this Friday and here it is Wednesday and we got to have this oven fixed. I'm like, cool. first of all, you're not even in the system. You're not a customer. You know, who's the manufacturer? You know, are they going to pay for overtime service gets out there? It's just, I, you know, I said time and time again, it's like a lot of these times these salesmen, dude, they're, they're their own worst enemy. I mean, oh, yeah. just because there's a gas hook up there and a plug doesn't mean the oven's going to work there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I had a, I got a, a convention center right now. They got four Rationale two hundred twos, and they're getting four new ones. And uh, the old ones were one hundred twenty volts, and the sales was like, "Oh yeah, like for like." And I'm like, "No, the new ones are all two hundred eight. All right. I'm like, and they're already in the dock. I'm like, "What are we gonna do?" I'm like, "You're gonna get an electrician that add two hundred eight to four spots. Well, that's gonna be expensive." I'm like, I'm "Like, it's less expensive than shipping these ovens back, and then." Paying for a 120 mm-hmm. volt oven. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because they don't play. I mean, if you order a 120 volt rationale, dude, you're paying an extra. I forget how much one said it was like like several grain more. So, I mean, they'll figure it out one day. <laughs> Until oh, then, yeah. we'll just show up and make some money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not going to complain about it. Easy money with that sometimes. So, I didn't realize you'd only been with Whaley for a year. So, I've been doing this about the same time, same length. I've been doing it for uh, 17 years. I actually started off at uh, it used to be GCS, then became uh, Smart Care. Um, I started off there for a few years, bounced around a couple of years. I've been here for 12 years, and it's uh, it's it's had ups and downs. I mean, we were purchased what two years ago by PT Holdings, and uh, you know, first I was mad, I thought about it and got over it. Um, it's worked out pretty good for me. I can't complain, I get to do a lot of cool stuff. 
um, that I wouldn't be able to probably do anywhere else. And they support me in all my stupid little ventures and they're behind it hundred percent. You know, right. it, it all comes back to trying to shine a light on this industry. Um, this industry, so many people don't even know it even exists. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I only really know about this industry because, um, I'm actually like third generation in my family doing this. So my grandfather did it, my dad, um, I got an uncle who does it. So, I mean, if it wasn't for that, I can't imagine that I would have known about it. Cause like you said, a lot of people don't, and there's so much opportunity in this, um, industry, you know, especially, um, and to me, you know, obviously I respect all the trades, but there's a lot of people that are in say residential HVAC or, um, who knows what else, or, you know, say residential appliances and, they could be doing so much more, you know, as far as financially and probably, you know, some of the experiences you get doing this if they decided to, you know, jump over to this field. Because even as long as I've been doing this, you know, I mostly have worked for mom and pop companies. Mm -hmm. um, Whaley's the first big company I work for. And I'm like, dude, the stuff I get to work on, I get to work on stuff that, you know, customers that I had in the past could not even afford to buy. And I'm like, you know, is really cool and it's it's a lot of different stuff yeah i i've never worked for those small places so i don't know what it's like so i've always worked for you know gcs the part smart care so it's a it's a big it's a big conglomerate you know i've worked here for uh coming on 12 years and so i've never really done the small shop so i don't know what that environment's like you always ask me oh you know which would you rather work for i'm like i to be honest i can't tell you i said i've, I've only done it you know, for the big guys, I've never done it for the little guys. I said, I'm sure each has its own individual, you know, ups and downs. But I said, for me, I'm pretty well taken care of. So yeah. I can't complain. <laughs> yeah, for me, I mean, I'm definitely well taken care of. Um, I mean, you know, the pay is good. The branch manager supervisors are all great. They're very much, um, at least at our branch here in Greenville, they're very much, um, you know, do what you got to do. We're here to support you. We don't want to micromanage you. Um, and you know, go out there, make money, and do right. Is that one of your guys there? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's my that's my hillbilly right there. <laughs> What's Brian. up, Brian? <laughs> nice to meet you, man. <laughs> that's funny. I figured that was yeah. one of your guys. Um, yeah. Yep. So yeah, Jeremiah says it's very rare that we do a like for like swap out. Yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, some refrigeration stuff will get away with it, but most of the stuff um, we're not doing like for like. They say it's like for like, and it never works out that way. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because. Me and Brian that, that just commented, we do a ton of jobs together. We do like all the big equipment change outs for the most part, all that stuff. And uh, every so often, just to piss them off, I'll be like, oh, this should be easy. <laughs> and you know, as soon as you say this should be easy, it's going to uh, go yeah. downhill. You always... We'll be sitting there in the middle of the job and he's like, why in the hell did you say this was going to be easy? Yeah, I refuse to say that term, man. Like, no, every time I say it, it's always going to make the bite me in the ass. So uh, I try to avoid saying it. That's funny. Whenever a customer's like, how long is it going to take as fast as I can get it done without without uh, cutting corners? I promise you, that's it. Yeah. The minute you tell them 20 minutes, 30 minutes, you ain't going to be there half the day. No, yeah. It was every 30-minute job's one strip bullet away from being a half a day or something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that's always been my downfall is, oh, yeah, it's going to be easy. No, no, you just screwed yourself. So I refuse to say yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you see, you live in the Greenville, South Carolina area. How close is that to? That's pretty far south of South Carolina, isn't it? Um, I mean, I'm still getting figured out in the whole area, so I can't <laughs> tell you. I know I'm like six, seven hours to Jacksonville, Florida. I'm originally from Florida, okay. from outside of Orlando. 
So I know I'm six, seven hours from there and I'm five hours from Lynchburg, Virginia, because I spent 10 months up there. So that's all I know about that. So how'd you uh, land uh, where you're at in South Carolina? Just Okay, so um, I left Florida, me and my family, we moved to Lynchburg, Virginia. Uh, we've been out of Florida probably going on three years now. I'm at just ballpark it. Um, so we went up there. We were there for about 10 months. And uh, we had come down and visited some family that I have in the area here. And we were like, uh, man, this is a nice area. We might want to you know, move here in the future. Well, fast forward three months, our apartment caught on fire, burned down. Wow. Um, it just happened to be when there was uh, a huge event in the Lynchburg area. There was nowhere to stay. Our family members were like, hey, come stay with us till you get on your feet, whatever. And then we were like, well, we was talking about moving here. So uh, let's go ahead and stay. And then I, I put in the restaurant group, hey, who's hiring in Greenville? A guy commented, said, hey, uh, Whaley's hiring. And that's where I am now. Nice. That's cool. So it all worked out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've always heard great things about Whaley. Um, I've met some of the guys at some of the shows I've been to. Um, I've mm-hmm. been to NRA last year. Um, I went to NAFM. Uh, I went to the FESA conference. Um, so I met Woody. He's pretty cool. Um, I met a couple of the other guys. I'm terrible with names. I just remember his name because Woody. So. <laughs> <laughs> so that's an easy one to remember. So that's cool. Yeah, I mean, everybody I've interacted with, at least, you know, as far as higher ups go, have all been real cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm anxious to see what they got coming up. I guess uh, they're going to start doing, working on some training center, some training centers and uh, across. Yeah. You, you were telling me about that. What, what's that going to look like? Do you know? I'm not sure yet. Um, I know they're in, I know they're wanting to do, um, I think the goal is eventually to have four. Um, so they got the program is down in Texas already. And I think they're going to do one at your corporate office. And I think they're going to do one at uh, GP's corporate office and somewhere out West. So uh, it's going to be a cool opportunity, especially for some of the guys that want to start training and do some other stuff like that. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I know I'm looking forward to it. Um, my goal in the next 10 years is to be, had be heavily involved in training. Um, I don't know if I'll ever come out completely out of the field, but um I like teaching new guys, younger guys, and, you know, trying to mold those guys. So, yeah. Yeah. That's something I enjoy. I, I I think I enjoy it. Or sometimes I feel like, you know what? I mean, if I want them to be trained decent, there's only a handful of us that can do it. And the rest of the group that can do it doesn't want to. So I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. Whatever. Yeah. I I like it. I mean, the problem is, is the guys bounce around too much. They pick up bad habits from guys. So, you know, we've got some new guys and they don't, like they've been on guys have been doing this for years and they don't, they do not do the computer side of it, the tablet side. They don't do the data tags. They don't do the equipment. I mean, they don't take the pictures like you're supposed to. I'm just like, yeah. you worked with a guy has been doing this for how many years and he didn't teach you this. I'm like, so then they think they can get away with it because the other guys don't. And I'm like, the bad habits yeah. are the hardest part to break on guys. It seems like, I mean, I can teach yeah. them how to fix anything, but the bad habits always end up seem like bite me in the ass. Oh yeah, yeah. We we've got a few guys that um, they kind of spread their bad habits around whenever they get the chance. So yeah, I mean, they can, most of those guys can fix anything, but yet I mean, it's just when the, the information needs to be there. I mean, we've got too much stuff that we do that tracks life cycle and stuff like that, and then if you don't do your part of it, it's useless. And yeah, for sure. It's cool. Um, no other comments. So, so you do hot side and cold side. So you do it all in. Yep. Yeah, and um, when I was in Florida, I mostly did cold side. I mean, in in that market, Mm -hmm. you can be more than busy just doing refrigeration and ice makers. 
I did, you know, some hot side and it would mostly be like, well, I'm here, you know, working on your walk-in anyway. I might as well check out your grill or your fryer that's down to. Mm -hmm. um, here I do a good mix of, of both of them. Um, honestly, probably more hot side now. I think we're just busier on hot side here than we are on, on cold side stuff. But yeah, if it's in the restaurant, I can either fix it or figure out how to fix it. That's what I always tell everybody. They're like, what do you do? I was like, anything in the kitchen? I was like, from the fryers, the dish machines, garbage disposals, ice makers, anything. I was like, if it's in a kitchen, I'll fix it. I mean, it may take me a little bit, but I'll fix it eventually. <laughs> oh, yeah. Every so often, I'll call my supervisor and be like, you know, they want me to look at this thing. Can I look at it? I'm like, I can fix it, but am I allowed to fix it? Like, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Dude, I've done hand dryers and bathrooms, like air curtains <laughs> over the back doors coming and going, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, air curtain is one of the things I was, I was thinking about when I was saying that. They, uh, I was at a restaurant and they're like, yeah, uh, can you check out our air curtain when you're done with whatever I was working on? Call my supervisor. Hey, can I work on the air curtain? Yeah, if you want to. All right, cool. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll fix it. I'll do I'll work on anything. I like the challenge and the diversity is the best thing I think about, you know, our job. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, Solomon Templar in here says hello from Bluffton, Indiana. So he's right up the road from me about an hour away. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think I follow him or he follows me on LinkedIn. What's up, dude? He's a pretty good guy. He's a in-house Walmart guy now. So yeah. he does a lot of that stuff at the Walmarts. We used to do a little bit. We do some at the neighborhood stores on the um, the rationales, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah, we do that too. We do the uh, rationales at the neighborhood store, and then we do the – refrigerators outside the murphy's oil so todd brady says rich you like training new guys mine always want to be on the phone or not paying attention and they think they are ready <laughs> i get that man it's a it's a battle um especially the younger guys they uh they've always had that phone in their hands so they're always trying to uh, use it um i try to if they're gonna be on the phone i just call them out man i mean i don't know what you can do you gotta stay off that phone i mean um, especially when you're out on your own. So I use like job link probes and everything right. has Bluetooth. So I can see it all on my phone. And uh, I make sure like the customer will look at me, see me on my phone. And I make sure I show them, Hey, look, this is what I'm doing. You know, I show them refrigeration pressures or timer or even right. my uh, voltmeters now, you know, is Bluetooth to my phone. So I can look at it that way. I do that a lot, especially if I'm checking um, temperatures on an oven. Um, some of those alpha chain cooking holes take like an hour and a half to heat up and cycle. And I'll just throw my Bluetooth thermometer in there and I'll be out in the dining room, you know, doing paperwork or looking up stuff for the job. So you just got to make sure you explain to your customers why you're on the phone. But yeah, the new guys on the phone thing drives me nuts, man. <clears throat> if the guys think they're ready, I'll, I'll let them, you know, run a job on their own. I'll sit in the truck or I'll sit in the dining room and wait and see what they do. And then when they struggle, you know, come get me or oh, figure yeah. it out. <laughs> that, that's what Todd does too. Todd's another guy that works with me there. So that's like, oh, you think you're ready? Okay, go. And then you know, 30 minutes later, he's calling them to find out how bad they screwed it up. Yeah, I, uh, my son's one of our apprentices, man. And I just, I let him go. And I'm like, eventually, I'm like, you got to figure it out. Do you, are you mad yet? You know, have you got it? Or are you making progress? If not, I'll come in and help you. And most time, I'll start to figure it out. So, okay, you know, I'll give a few more minutes and I'll go check on them. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, ice makers are my curiosity. You guys have insight into aqueous ozone for reducing manual cleanings so i have not seen that the only ozone i've seen has been on the fallets um the biozones. yeah we're just pumping into the bin um i'm not sure exactly how well that works yeah i don't do enough pms anymore to know if if those things are really efficient or not unfortunately 
Yep. I've seen them, just never uh, followed up clean them or anything like that. Yeah, I've installed them. I've seen them, but now nah, we there's a whole other group of guys that that does that and can probably answer that question. <laughs> yeah, the uh, in the falls generally don't get slimy. I mean, they do in the band, but not the head. I mean, they do if you get water leaks and stuff, but most time it's uh, it's not that bad. So Joshua says BioZone is awesome. That's good to know. Um, I thought Joshua, what's Joshua's last name that said that. Uh, Michael S- Mitchell yeah. Stewart. Mitchell Stewart. <laughs> that one, your coworkers. <laughs> That's another coworker of mine too. Huh? <laughs> All right, man. These guys are killing it for me. <laughs> uh, but Josh is the guy that would know that. So if he says it's awesome, yeah, then it's awesome. Yeah, and Brian said they keep the band clean and slime. So That's good to know. Um, I have a we got a new guy. He came over from the um, uh, the residential HVAC side. He dealt with a lot of like air cleaners and stuff. And he was always asking me about it. Um, yeah. Yeah, honestly, I always thought they were a gimmick, but I never really, you know, like I said, seen them. And the customers I had in the past before I came to Whaley, they, they barely wanted to spend money on the ice machine, let alone something to help keep it clean. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a that's a good point. <laughs> we don't do a whole ton of PNs. We used to. It seems like it comes and goes in spurts. Um, you know, I had Joey on a couple weeks ago. We were talking about PNs and. I always had the mindset of I make too much money on PMs, you know, I'm wasting my time. I'm more valuable somewhere else. And then after watching Joey and you and, you know, read some stuff, I'm like, man, that's not really the outlook you want to have to PM. I mean, especially if it's like one of your customers you take pride in, you want to make sure it's done right. And we should take yeah, pride see, in all of our work. I listened to that episode uh, today, matter of fact, on my way uh, home from my, the install that I did. And um, one of the things I, I kept hearing was like, y'all were saying, you know, even if you take longer than you should, you know, you should be generating revenue on the back end. And um, I used to do PMs at the last company I was with. And I mean, the amount of back end revenue we generated, because we would go through everything. Um, you know, we would sit there and like, I remember one customer in particular, we would do PMs and we would do cold side stuff for him, but we didn't do any, um, any hot side. But when we did our PMs, we still checked all the hot side equipment. And I went through and I think he had a broiler and I went and checked the valves, just rotate, you know, turning them on and off. And you could feel a few of them sticking. So I, I told him, hey, bro, you know, these are these are sticking. You know, I can regrease them. I can replace them. You know, what do you want me to do? So he just goes, well, you know, how did you um, how did you find it? I'm like, oh, it's part of our, our checklist, you know, when we're going through. And he's like, and just through this, you know, maintenance, you found that I'm like, yeah, why? Because he was acting kind of like confused. And he goes, oh, well, so-and-so company was just out here working on that thing. And they didn't tell me that those were bad. And they were here three days ago. So I said, well, come here. Let me show you. Um, so he started turning them. And he's like, yeah, these are tight. He was like, yeah, go ahead and replace them. And then from that moment on, we had his hot side too. So it's exactly what you say. When you're you know, putting the uh, attention to detail and wanting to do a good job, not just clock out and you know, take your happy behind home, you are going to make money on the back end. You're going to build that trust with the customer that y'all were talking about. You're obviously going to build trust with your employer because they're going to say, man, every time this guy goes to this place, that place, he's catching all these things. They're turning into, you know, service calls and and whatnot. So it benefits everybody all the way around. You stop customer stuff from, you know, breaking down on, you know, Saturday night, like everything seems to to want to break down all the important equipment breaks down Fridays and Saturdays. So yeah, doing a good job being thorough is just a win for everybody. Yeah. Even if I'm working on something like, Say if I'm if I worked on a fryer and I'm waiting out to heat up, you know, I changed a, a temp probe or something and I'm waiting out to heat up, you know, temperature before I filter or whatever. 
I'll look around. I'm like, if I see a gasket hanging on a cooler, I'll point that out. You know, if I see, mm-hmm. you know, a real dirty burner or a pilot that's not out on a range, I'll point that out. You know, like, hey, I can take a look at this. I can clean this. And sometimes, man, if, I, if they got a pilot that's not it's out, I try to light it. If, I, if it's not out, if it won't light, I mean, I'll go ahead and clean it. And they're like, hey, mm-hmm. I went ahead and cleaned that pilot and got it running for you. I seen it was out. And they're like, you yeah. did what? I'm like, well, I was just waiting on this fryer. I was just here anyways. And they're like, oh, yeah. oh man, we appreciate that. I mean, just the small stuff, if you're just standing there and be busy. I mean, it's yeah, not exactly. like it's hard work. It's just you can see the stuff a mile away, dude. Right. You know, they, they grab the sprayer on the hose, the three-bay sink, and they spray it, and the water goes everywhere but straight. I mean, like, hey, I can replace that. I can throw you a new head on there, and you'll be good to go. Oh, you guys do that? Like, man, we do anything in here. Exactly. And I've and all the time I've been doing this, I've had very few people complain about you trying to do more stuff than you're quote unquote there to do. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like you said, you know, most customers um, are going to be grateful that you're catching stuff. It may be something they didn't notice or maybe something that's been in the back of their mind the whole time, but they keep forgetting. And then, like you said, you catch the, the sprayer that's leaking or, you know, whatever else is going on. And you know, you're the hero, which is an easy thing to do in this business is, is constantly be the hero. Yep. So Joshua says, I don't know how it works. It's 50% UV rays and 50% magic. <laughs> but when we clean CFA bins, they are seldom dirty compared to non-biosome bins. That's good information. That's good to know. Um, I, like I said, I've been seeing it become more and more popular. I just, I, I don't do any CFA uh, bin clean. I don't do any CFA ice machines or PMs. Um, that you guys, it's probably a big customer for you because I seen you talking about right. going in on. I seen you talking about going in on Sunday. So I already knew where you were going if you were doing a PM on Sunday. <laughs> Um, uh-huh that's uh yeah that, that that was so josh over there could uh enjoy some time away that he that he had to take it, it happens to the best of us <laughs> yeah. so we got equipment dude david do y'all take free food as the customer offers it to you he says he does long I'm, as the place ain't nasty yeah i will dude i tell everybody when i started this job i was like six foot tall like 235 pounds i had i had a beer gut um i was electrician up and down ladders all over the place and uh, I've had a weight lo- I've had a weight battle for years just because I went from being active to sitting in a van driving. And like the first six months, I refused to take anything from anywhere. And then I realized, like, man, I've been eating this shit for years. <laughs> the only thing different now is I know I see the kitchen, and yeah, I, it's a bad habit to do. You got to stay active and stay working out if you're gonna if you're gonna eat free food all day every day. So, <laughs> that's funny. But no, I mean, I always tell people they're like, oh, that restaurant's nasty, you know. They, Let's just, you know, McD's. They want to blame McD's. Oh, that's disgusting. I'm like, no, it's not. They're like, what do you mean? I was like, can you see the kitchen? Yeah. yeah I was right. like, can you, can you see the guy making your sandwich? Like, yeah. I was like, I can tell you $100 a person's steakhouse is absolutely disgusting right now that I wouldn't eat there. Yeah. I'm like, just because you pay more for the food doesn't mean it's any cleaner. Oh, 100%. 100%. People always like, tell me where to eat, where not to eat. I was like, no, I'm not playing that game. I was like, I, <laughs> uh, it, it, I'll tell you extremely bad ones just because I were up for getting sick from eating there, but everywhere else, it's on you, man. Yeah, we, we do that. have a, a few places here where, like, if I'm doing a service call and it's, like, there at lunchtime, I'll scan the drive-thru, make sure none of my friends are in the drive-thru line or something like that. <laughs> I'm like, this is going to look real bad, though, if I walk up to a, a car, you know, one of my friends is in it, and I'm like, nah, nah, and then, you know, they pull off and drive away. But we do got a couple uh, places like that. Yeah, there is some bad ones out there, but I always tell you, if you see the kitchen, you're generally pretty good, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hmm. So, you know, we both talked about, you know, doing the right thing. I mean, we all have guys we work with that take the easy way out. Um, 
they always are looking for the quick in and out. They're they guess, you know, pilots out. Well, I'm gonna order the gas valve, throw a couple, uh, mm. throw a pile or pilot, you know, pilot or whatever. And then they go back and they start throwing parts at it. And uh, that's what this industry needs to get away from is guys like that. I mean, I don't know why or how, but it just seems like guys just don't have pride or just don't want to take the time to do it right. I don't know what it is or how we can get away from it. I mean, I preach have pride and show a little integrity and, you know, you're going to make a ton of money. You're going to have a ton of fun doing this job, but you can't force it on people, I guess. Yeah. See, I, I don't know how to get away from it. You know what I do. And I mean, you see probably all my posts or if not the, the bulk of them, I just try to, you know, encourage people to, to take the steps to do, you know, work properly. And it's been pretty cool because I've gotten a few DMS on LinkedIn of people like, man, you know, you're, you're pushing me to be a better tech. You're pushing me to take pride mm-hmm. in my, my work, whatever, whatever. So I think, you know, there's some people that no matter what you do, you know, they're not gonna, um, they're not going to step their game up. You know what I mean? And you can try. And you know, I recently pissed off a few people I work with because, you know, they did some crappy work that cost us a ton of money. And, you know, I sent out an email, not naming them, but blasting, you know, the work that they did, mm. you know, instead of taking it as, as something constructive, you know, now they're literally, I guess, out to uh, find a, a mistake that I make and put me on blast, which I'm like, y'all going to be disappointed because I'm going to just say, thank you very much for catching that, you know, have a good day. Yeah, um, but like, I think good. I think all we can do though is really, you know, just try our best to encourage people to do what's right, and mm-hmm. the people that are going to take it are are going to take it. You know, I think um, a lot of people want to do right, but if all they're seeing is the guys with the bad habits and the guys doing half-ass work, then it might be e- you know easy for them to be swayed to do it that way. But then when they see you know the handful of us that are like, no, you know, step up your game, do better, you know, take these few extra steps to to make the job right, you know, actually care, take pride in yourself. When they see that there are people doing that, I think, you know, we'll be able to encourage them. And then obviously, you know, the new guys, if we can, you know, get in front of as many new guys as possible and be like, look, you don't have to do half-ass work. There's no reason to do half-ass work. Your company is paying you to do the job right. The customer's paying your company for you to do the job right. Take your time, do the job right. And, and, you know, do something that one takes care of the customer and two, you can be proud of when you leave that call and you can say, hey, you know what? I did my best. Even if you don't get it right, at least you did everything in your power to to provide the best um, job for the customer that you could provide. Yeah, 100%. Um, I tell guys, hey, if I make a mistake, call me, tell me. I want to know what I did. I want to know what I can do to, you know, prevent that from happening in the future. I want to learn from my mistakes and just own your mistakes. If you do mess up, own it. I'm not going to make an excuse. I mean, you know, I'd know better. Even if I'm tired or I'm rushed, you know, I still know better that I shouldn't be right. lazy. I shouldn't, you know, so I make sure that, you know, I mean, we've all been there. It's four o'clock on a Friday. You got the part on your truck. It's a three hour job. You're like, I don't want to do this. I'm not on call. I can just right. say, I didn't realize I had to part and order it and come back next week, but I'm like, I can't do it. I'm not made that way. I'll, it's four that's o'clock Friday. Thing. I'm going to change the amount of part. times that, that I want to do that. Like people yeah. don't get it. Like, I want to do that all the time. Mm-hmm. Like like Brian, for example, me and him talking, I'm like, bro, I wish I could be like these other guys that say, you know, screw this crap uh, and, you know, more diagnosis needed. See you next week sometime or, or some crap like yeah. that. I'm like, but I'm just not wired that way. No, dude. Yeah. Like you said, I want to do it. I want to go home. I don't want to be there at six o'clock on a Friday changing a compressor or, you know, doing something. I, I don't want to do that. I'd rather be at home goofing off, drinking a beer, Hanging out with right. my wife, you know, playing with my kids, doing that kind of stuff. But guess what? 
I signed up to do this job and I'm going to do it to the best of my ability because that's what I take pride in. So that's just yeah, what's exactly. going to happen. I mean, believe me, I have that thought. I'll just go home. I just want to go home, but you know, I'm yeah. not going to do it all the time. I mean, today on that dishwasher install, I was telling you about, it was such a pain to find the right, you know, size, uh, water supply lines, the right size drain to the point that I was like, I mean, I could really just, you know, half-ass this, get back to the job site that's over 30 minutes away and get this done. I probably spent an extra hour going between Lowe's and Home Depot just to find the right stuff that I needed. Cause I'm like, as much as I'm telling myself, dude, just half-ass it, piece it together. It'll work long enough. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. That's another thing. So where I work at, we have Lowe's cards, but there's not always a Lowe's everywhere. So if I know that, okay, the nearest Lowe's is 45 minutes away, I'm not going to do it. I'll find a local hardware store. If I got to spend 20 to 100 bucks in my own pocket, I'll get it back. I mean, it right. sucks that I do it, but I will spend the, the, the 20 to 100 bucks out of my pocket and do it and get the job done versus, you know, oh, I'm just going to drive 45 minutes. I mean, if you don't have a choice, you don't have a choice sometimes. And I'm right. not saying, you know, I'm not beating guys up that can't do that. I'm just, that's just how I am. I'm going to try to save the company time, try to save the customer time. And oh, that's yeah, just yeah, how it sure. works. So Michael now yeah. says, I think the majority of techs just don't care for the job and they are okay with mediocrity. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of guys are like that. Unfortunately, um, I'm trying to get a, trying to get the guys to not think that way for sure. <laughs> yeah. And, and one of the things, again, you could probably tell this by a lot of stuff I post, but a lot of it is, is mindset stuff, you know, mm -hmm. Um, like a question I like to always ask uh, people and, and I'm going to ask you, you know, we fix, you know, every job has an impact, right? No matter what your job is, you make an impact on society. You know what I mean? The way we make our impact is, uh, through fixing restaurant equipment, mm -hmm. but what, what is the impact that we make on society? What would you say that is? Man, that's, that's, uh, I've never thought of it that way. Um, I mean, yeah, we fix the restaurants, but I mean, I mean, I enjoy seeing the, the smile on the customer's face when you fix it, you know, because they've been struggling. I, I enjoy to see them have a you know, see like a weights lifted. Okay, we have this piece of equipment, you know. Hey, right. you know, I mean, that's what I enjoy. I mean, is to make someone happy. I mean, I'm not a comedian. I'm not, you know, that's not my job to make somebody happy. My job is to fix equipment. But the byproduct is you made someone's night easier. You made someone's day right. smoother and. That's that's how I think it is. See, and th and that's my thing. So to kind of give some context to why I, I asked this question. So a few years back, I was listening to um, a book. Um, it's called Thou Shall Prosper, and it's by a Jewish rabbi. And he was saying, he's like, you know, Jewish people tend to be successful in business. And he was saying the reason is, he's like, culturally, they tend to look at not the work they do, but the impact they make. Mm -hmm. And um, he was kind of breaking down that everybody makes an impact. So fast forward, I was uh, listening to a podcast. Um, again, it's probably been a year since I listened to this particular podcast, but the host was talking on that same concept. And he takes a question from a guy and the guy's like, yeah, you know, well, you guys help people grow businesses. You help people, you know, get their finances in order. It's easy for you to say that you make an impact. He's like, but what impact does my business make? So he's like, well, you know, what's your business? So the guy that's asking the question is like, well, uh, we rent porta potties to construction sites. He's like, what's the impact in that? And the, the host of the podcast is like, dude, do you understand the way that your company expedites progress and development? 
And he said, imagine, you know, roads are being built, bridges are being built, plazas, houses. He's like, now imagine every time a construction worker had to take a crap or a piss, they had to get in their car, drive to the gas station and then come back. How much slower would our progress be, mm-hmm. you know, um, in development and in construction and whatnot? And, you know, that kind of got me thinking. And I'm like, you know, what do we do? We do a lot as far as our impact, right? We save customers tons of money. You get mm-hmm. there before their food spoils and they're walking, you save them 10 grand. They're able to turn that 10 grand into, into profit through selling product that keeps their staff employed, that keeps bills paid, that keeps food on people's table. You know what I'm saying? We stop the spread of, of foodborne illnesses, right? By making sure stuff's heating or cooling properly. And then aside from that, you know what I mean? Think about the stuff that goes on in restaurants, right? Yeah. People get, you know, their first dates are in restaurants. People get engaged at restaurants. People have family celebrations. You know, there's a lot of life events that take place at restaurants. Well, if we don't keep these places running, these life events aren't happening in those locations, right? So to me, that's one of the things that I look at when I'm doing this. I'm like, dude, I'm not just coming in here fixing your fryer, fixing your walk-in cooler. I'm helping you save money, make money, helping you keep people employed, bills paid, you know what I'm saying? You know, if it's a fast food chain, you got, you know, their families bringing their kids for ice cream for different things like that. I'm like, we're helping people have, you know, memorable life experiences um, through fixing restaurant equipment. And to me, it's like when you can look at the big picture and you can look at what you're actually doing, because, you know, like psychologically um, and emotionally, I think everybody really wants to make an impact. They just don't realize what impact they're making or they have the potential to make and if you think oh all i do is fix fryers and refrigerators yeah you're probably not gonna be that that enthusiastic about it but if you're like no i'm helping this dude make money you know i'm helping you know this guy they put their life savings into this restaurant and this walk-in freezer going down could ruin them because it's 10 grand they don't have to replace when you start thinking like that you're like dude i'm actually doing something important i'm doing something that that makes a difference you know what i mean yeah that that's a very great way to look at it um I mean, I'm kind of blown away by that aspect. That makes a lot of sense. You know, I always, when I'm at events or at, at trade shows and stuff, I'm like, oh, you know, people ask me, I do like, oh, I just fix stuff. I'm like, no, you do more than that. Like, mm-hmm. you don't realize what you do. You think you just fix stuff, but you do more than that. And that yeah. right there, that put it in great perspective. So I really appreciate it. That was good, man. Cool, cool. <laughs> so we got a few more people in here. Michael now says, well put. We got bill in here curious hgac guy he's a he's a friend of mine um he's got a youtube channel and some podcast stuff he's a pretty good dude he uh he does restaurant equipment um he doesn't really like it but he does restaurant equipment um he's mainly an hvac guy but he does some work with some henny pennies and some other stuff occasionally i see him throw out there so he's a pretty good dude so cool cool so have you seen any of this stuff about this automation stuff coming like the uh the robots the fryer robots or the other stuff that's coming out um, the only thing I've really seen automation wise is that, um, you know, I guess it was at, uh, was it Nafum that Atosa debuted that French fry making robotic arm? That's the only automation that I can think that I've seen. What have you seen? Well, I've seen that. And then um, Miso makes a robot that's, they can actually add on to um, Inspire Brands is testing it. I think they may be moving forward. If I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. But um, so that's like your Buffalo Wild Wings. They're making one that, dumps the wings and does stuff like that. It's just, it's just crazy. The stuff I see at NAFM. I'm, I mean, they've got, you know, they've, they've had the robots that will like bring your food to you for a while. Um, mm. They've got, there's a thing called flippy or something that actually flips the burgers on grills and stuff. Now it's just weird. Um, 
So what's your outlook on that? So they're, they're trying to figure out how, who's going to service this stuff. Um, are they going to be able to get a robotics guy to come in there and work on it? Or is it going to be us that's going to come in there and work on it? So I am a firm believer. I want to work on it. If it's in there, yeah. why well, call somebody else? Let me do it. So I was wondering what your take is. If you're, you know, if you've I mean, got the same mindset, if it's in there, you're yeah, going to try to look at it. I, I got the same take, right? I see those things start popping up. First thing I'm going to be doing is getting with the manufacturers and asking them for training material. I mean, anytime mm-hmm. I've seen anything that looks new or different that may be coming to our industry, I start researching who's the manufacturers and either look on their websites or call and email, ask them, do y'all have classes? Y'all have training material? I want to be up on it. And if, if, you know, if we prepare ourselves as that stuff starts becoming more and more common to be up on it, then of course they're going to come to us, you know, for the service. If we keep our heads in the sand and are like, I ain't working on that, you know, that's this, that, or the other. Well then of course they're going to have to start looking for other people to do it. But yeah, if we gear ourselves to do it, we'll be able to do it. Yeah, so Equipment Dude says, I think it's kind of a gimmick. They have been making auto fries and things like that for years. Yeah, it's kind of, a, I think, a big push right now is the whole $15 hour minimum wage thing. And then there's just a shortage of people that actually want to work right now. So I think it's a, it's a popular thing right now to kind of to kind of get ahead of the worker shortage. So we'll see what mm-hmm. happens. Um, some of my scene are pretty much you just unbolt the arm and bolt a new arm in place, send the one back to the manufacturer, and then they rebuild it on site. So it's hard telling. Um, that Tosa one, man, it was dumping fries all day long, dude. It was just yeah. pretty cool. I recorded a bunch. Um, it was it was definitely neat, but we'll see about the longevity and you know how it will actually survive in a kitchen because you all know it's based on cleaning. And if they're not going to clean the robot, if they're not going to clean the fryer, they're not going to clean the robot. I mean, oh yeah, everything works great in the warehouse and at Napflin, but you put that thing in a McDonald's, let's see what it does. Yeah. So let's see. So Jennifer says, yeah, they're actually saving money buying them. That's what I heard. Like, i seen the cost analysis, and it looks like they are actually saving money. Um, it's kind of weird. Um, you wouldn't think it, but they're um, some of them are like a lease. So there's really no service fee. As long as you're paying that lease, it's right. you know, services included. And I think that's going to be how a lot of them are set up. So let's see what Joshua has to say here. Plenty of refrigeration companies lost business by sticking their heads in the sand when it came to R290. Would hate to get left behind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, R290 oh, yeah. is a, I love it. Um, a lot of guys hate it and they're scared of it. Oh, I'll work on I love it. I love R290. And when I was in Florida, um, right when R290 was coming out, so many companies refused to work on R290. The amount of warranty work the company that I work for picked up just because I was like, and again, this goes back to like I said, when I see something new, I try to get ahead of it. Mm-hmm. As soon as I started seeing R290, you know, True offered a training. I went to the true training online, got quote unquote R290 certified. Then I went to, I think it was maybe RSES or, or one of these other training, you know, companies. Mm-hmm. They had their, you know, uh, R290 training, took that. And then next thing you know, because some of the manufacturers are actually wanting R290 certified technicians, I got a crap ton of warranty work uh, on me every single day because I'm one of the few people in Central Florida at the time that was willing to work on R290. I'm like, dude my acetylene tank is more dangerous than an R290 reaching cooler. Dude, I love it, man. It's, it's great. I, I've made so many videos where I just like cut the lines off of like a pair of linesmen's or just, you know, cut oh, off that was my go. favorite thing. Wheel that thing by the back door, cut the line and let that sucker go. Well, like, people man, like, I don't say it's R290. I'll put it up on like TikTok. People are like, we're calling EPA. And I'm like, all right, go ahead. I go ahead and call right. EPA. You don't know what this is. <laughs> yeah. I've had that happen before too. And I'm like uh, R290. <laughs> I, I, 
I made a pretty decent little, I, I teach for Cephas, the refrigeration. So I made a pretty decent little slideshow about, you know, what I do for R290 and how I um, work on it. So like when I service R290, um, the first, if, you know, your normal stuff, you want to check your temperatures, your amp draw first, determine if it's, you know, a, a low loss situation uh, or a, a loss of charge situation or what's going on. Mm -hmm. And then once you deem that, you know, hey, you do have to get into the system, um, I, you know, I, I put my tap on there and I'll cut it and I'll, I'll let it out under the hood or by the back door. I'll purge nitrogen for five minutes. I'll come back and run my sniffer across it. If it's good, you know, you're good to cut everything out, you know, do what yeah. you gotta do. But I've seen guys, you know, struggle to pinch stuff off, you know, catch stuff on fire. I got a unit at Cephesa where someone tried, um, you know, it was under warranty and the manufacturer one pulls the, pull the caps off and they didn't have it sealed off. And they tried brazen it. I caught it on fire and it, it's part of my training there. I just show them, Hey, if you don't, you know, pinch it off right, it's what happens. So I make sure that when we do the brazing side of class, I make sure that they all have to pressurize uh, their project and they have to pinch it off under pressure and we throw it in a tub of water to see if it leaks. Yeah, see, what I do, whenever I have to pinch off something R290, um, I have two different pinch tools. So what I'll do is I'll put one on, then I'll put the other one on, and then I got my two pinches there, and then I'll take that first one back off and make another pinch with it. And by the time I got that third pinch, I usually have nothing coming out, and I can braze right over it like nothing. Yeah, I, I love it, man. I mean, and people are like, oh, you can't leave ports on there because it's illegal. I'm like, it's not illegal to leave ports on there. Like, the amount of units that are coming out of ports still on them is, you know, is crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've heard people tell that. You can't you can't have ports. I'm like, if y'all been doing this for any length of time, you know manufacturers, for the most part, never wanted ports on their equipment from factory. And that's because they didn't want Joe Schmo screwing with the thing. It's got yep. nothing to do with, with safety or the flammability of, of R290 or anything like that. Yeah. It's all critical charge. It's, they don't want, you yeah. know, you see these guys come in. The first thing they do is they throw gauges on something. Well, guess what? Yeah. This thing holds two and a half ounces and you just put six foot hoses on there. Yeah, of course your pressures are low because there's nothing left in the system. Years ago, I mean, and this was still 134A, but I got a warranty call for a manufacturer we did work for. And when I walk into the kitchen, there's gauges on the unit. And I'm like, the hell? The owner's like, oh, yeah, I used to do AC work. So I just figured I'd throw my gauges on and check the pressure. I'm like, what? Now, imagine they did that with R290. Oh, yeah. That's great. <laughs> I love it, though. I mean, it's, it's it saves so much time. You're not dragging in a reclaim machine, reclaim tanks, and it's, it, you know, scale. That's my favorite part, not lugging around the tank and the recovery machine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. I, I always teach the guys, I'm like, you know, if you're under a hood, you make sure nothing's, nothing nothing is lit around there and you can do it, you know, and I've done some work at Starbucks where you can't pull a unit out and there's no hood in there and I'll put a piercing valve on there and I've got a 50 foot hose and I'll run it out the door and I'll, you know, put a hundred PSI nitrogen behind it for, you know, five yeah, exactly. minutes and blow it all out and then, you know, there's nothing left in there, but just the people that are uneducated and scared about just because it's got that big yellow sticker on there blows my mind. Yeah, like I said, your acetylene tank is a lot more dangerous than an R290 unit by a long Even shot. Even if it does catch fire, it's only going to be for next to nothing. I mean, mm -hmm. and I mean, it's and basically it, like a lighter flame. Yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah. I, I, that's why I still understand how that guy did what he did with that one Fessa because it's bad. It burned up all the <laughs> wiring and all kinds of stuff. I, I was like, how did he even do this, man? It was a brand new unit under warranty. They ended up having to buy that customer a new unit. Oh, damn. <laughs> It was bad, so. so, Yeah, Jennifer, long-ass hoses and refrigeration pissed me off. I don't even use hoses anymore, uh, unless I'm reclaiming or I'm charging. Um, everything I use is job link, field piece job link probes. Um, no hoses on nothing, unless I got to pull refrigerant out. 
And then when I even charge, I just got a single hose. I ran into a, a T and then my job link probes on the other section of my yeah. T. So Dude, I try I to stay away from the, I got to upgrade the probes, but I use um, just some stubby gauges right now. Mm -hmm. um, yep. And I mean, you know, when I was doing ice machines, one of the first things I learned at, at Manitoc training was don't put hoses on an ice machine. And then after a while, I'm like, well, I mean, if, if it's good practice to use stubbies um, on ice machines to minimize the loss, I'm like, common sense says it's good to use them on anything. So I don't care if I'm on a, on a walk-in cooler or a RTU or anything. I'm using my stubbies because at the end of the day, we do want to, you know, minimize the amount of charge that we that we lose. Yeah. So I, I've worked for companies where they, when, when you did a PM, they wanted you to check pressures. I'm like, why do you want me to check pressures on a piece of equipment that's working perfectly? I was like, I don't get it. I mean, like you're you know and then that's before i knew about the stubbies and the and the job like probe stuff like that i'm like so here i am screwing on a five or six foot hose mm -hmm. you know i mean so every time you check pressures you're you're losing what an ounce ounce and a half two ounces of refrigerator every single time eventually you're creating your own problem then you're gonna be yeah, like you're, you're gonna spend you three, have four leak. hours leak checking that for a leak that ain't there yeah that you did yourself over you know the last two or three years just checking charge so yeah i don't i i, and, I don't like doing that on pm i don't like if the PM says you got to check charge, I try to avoid it. And I'm big on checking charge without even connecting my gauges. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, between you know checking the amp draw on the compressor, checking your discharge uh, you know, suction, your discharge exactly. You have at least a more or less good idea. By the time I have to hook gauges on, for the most part, I'm just confirming that I know it's either low on charge or if I think it's a restriction or something like that. But I'm not putting them on there to see what the problem is it's like okay we're probably low on charge let me throw these on and make sure and, and see what's what right he said are the guys heat or the guys heating up their r290 tank <laughs> of a torch uh dude the r290 tanks the good thing about them is when they get low you can actually like smash them with your hand to force the rest of the refrigerant out can you really yeah so that's just the small little tanks you can once they're low and they're like because we reuse them um mm -hmm. we used to not reuse them but we keep keep using them until they're gone you know it used to be like yeah. one per job and you just throw the excess away but yeah i mean if you get you know if you just need a couple more grains or whatever you can actually literally squeeze that can and, and smash it and force it out oh shoot that's cool <laughs> i'm gonna have to <laughs> try that most of the time i just run them under hot water before i use them just to make sure i get the pressure up a little bit <laughs> jennifer's got a good point she says to mess up the pressure so the service call can comes next yeah um it seems almost like that's what it is. I mean, I, I just think the people sometimes people write the PM procedures don't really know what you're doing when you're doing it every single time. I think just people aren't educated that write the PM procedure. That's what I hope, anyways, is what's going on. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, so. hopefully it's not intentional. But I mean, I've known people. Um, I knew a guy that had his own plumbing and HVAC company back in Florida, and uh, he told me one day he's like, "Man, you know." Um, you can you can kind of whenever you do a repair you can kind of rig the machine so you know it'll break down in the next you know three four months and you get another call i'm like yeah that's good to know no i oh, know i ain't doing that <laughs> what's up adrian so we got reliable hvac or hvacr in here adrian's a good dude to follow if you don't follow him on a uh, instagram look him up man he's a he's got a good channel he does um it's a small family-owned business his dad does cooking side and he does uh hvac and refrigeration side he does really good work man Cool, cool. Reliable HVAC? Re reliable HVACR. Yep, he's on everywhere. Cool. So just look for that name and follow him. He's a good dude, man. He puts out cool. really good content and he, you know, breaks stuff down and he does a good job at it. So cool. So 
Any words of advice you give a young guy getting into this field? Um, I mean, the thing I say in, in most of my videos, like, you know, is try a little harder to do a little better. I mean, if you give effort, you know, I mean, you you decide that you want to learn, you want to try to do a good job, um, stick it out, you know, like anything, no matter what job, what career you're in, you got days that are great. You got days that stuck. Um, but if you're willing to do a good job, build, you know, trust of, of the customers and whatnot, it's a great field to be in. You know, you just take little steps. You know, that's one of the things um, whenever I have like, uh, say, like a PM tech or somebody riding with me to do some training, I'm like, you know, it's not about all this big stuff that, that you see done. Um, I'm like, it's little steps, dude. I'm like, you know, if you cut zip ties off of wires, put zip ties back on before you're done. You know what I mean? If you got clippings on the floor, sweep them up. You know, it's, a, it's I think it was like an Aristotle quote that says something along the lines of like, we are what we repeatedly do. So that means excellence is a, is a, what, a habit um, or something like that. Basically, you know, all them small little things. If you're intentional about doing little things well and you push yourself to learn, you'll do good. Yeah. I'm a firm believer in that, man. I've got guys I work with, they'll spill oil on the floor and they won't clean it up. I'm like, that customer didn't make that mess. I made that mess, dude. Like, yeah. I, I'm like, I don't expect them to clean that up. That's one thing if I start cleaning up and they're like, no, 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 we'll get that. You know, yeah, and they, they're exactly. adamant about it, but I don't ever, I, I clean it up for someone gets a chance to say something. I'm like, I mean, for one, it's it's disrespectful, you know, to make a mess in their place, not clean it up, but it's a hazard. Someone could step in that, slip and slide and get hurt. I mean, there's so many things yeah. that happen with a little bit of grease. I mean, I always just try to clean it up to myself. My my wife doesn't work here. My mom doesn't work here. So I just do what I got to do, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Try to leave everything better than, than what you found. It. I mean, that's literally our job, right? Like you go in, something's broken and you got to leave it fixed. So try to leave everything better uh than the way you found it and then is it what is it joey that does like those insane pms where he's like deep cleaning everything and all that and it's like dude like i mean that's beyond even me but i'd be like yeah that, that's some cool work that he does there yeah he uh he, he works for himself so he gets an opportunity to do a little more things that some of us probably will get to do but he he does an amazing job that's why i wanted to have him on pms just because he always goes above and beyond and i wanted to talk to him about you know what he does and it's really cool to see what he does, man. Oh, yeah. I love watching his videos. I'm like, yo, this is awesome. I, I could never do all that, but this is awesome. I mean, shining the outside of the units and all that good stuff. Shoot. I think – is there a guy named Paul on – is that his name? On uh, LinkedIn, he, he – BioControl365 or whatever, like where he cleans restaurant equipment. Yeah, you I don't know if his, his name stuff? is Paul or not, but I think the way he does that stuff, that stuff comes out looking brand freaking new. You'll like, have that – He'll have that fryer that's 15 years old and looks terrible and he gets done and looks brand new. I'm like, how did you do that, dude? I was like, that's freaking sweet. Yeah, I'm like, they should mandate it. It should be like a health department mandate that he has to come through and clean every restaurant because he does some uh, insane work there. Uh, Brian says, thank you for training him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I won't keep you much longer. Um, it just It's getting late and I it, if we go too long, it's just it's a mess. So, <laughs> but uh, right, right, where you. can everybody find you? I know you started Instagram. You're on TikTok now, and you're like me. You like showing your work. So, if you want people to follow you, just tell everybody where they can find you and uh, where they yeah, can see so your stuff. I'm on LinkedIn, Rich Ortega. Um, I'm on Instagram and TikTok. It's Rich in Kitchens. I'm starting a Facebook page uh, under that same name, and um, I think that. Pretty much covers my big. Oh, and uh, YouTube also, rich, rich in kitchens. Cool. So I like. I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of your stuff coming out, and uh, 
I'm sure we're going to talk a lot more here in the future. I'm sure. <laughs> oh, for sure, man. And I appreciate all the uh, input you've given me on on my content and whatnot, and I appreciate yeah, that a lot. I'm I'm nobody, man. I, I, somehow I I won an award. I don't know how, just because I think it's mass. <laughs> that was a like, technical quantity. award. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just mass like quantity of stuff I put out there. But it's just it's I like just putting my work out there. Um, I think that if you if you take enough pride in your work to show it, that you're going it's you're going to better yourself. So. Oh yeah. So for sure. All right. Well, we're going to get out of here. Thanks everyone for joining. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.